This is the Hidden Leaf Village's handsome devil, Rock Lee, and you're watching Anime Egotist. After this, you can do 51 sit-ups or watch 51, all 51 episodes of Rock Lee and his ninja pals. Rock Lee. Leaf Hurricane! <laughs> and welcome back to the greatest anime podcast of all time, the Anime Egotists, where you can like, subscribe, and all that other nonsense. Anyways, my name's Alex, and my name got written in the death note, but nothing came of it. Like, nothing happened. I think it said that you die of old age. <sighs> it's the worst torture for you. That's not fun, in the slightest. And I'm Richard. My name hasn't been written there yet. Yeah, not yet at least, but once I get my hands on it, that's a different story. But anyways, we are back. We are the anime egotists. And if you ask me, I'd say we're underrated. But then again, a lot of characters in anime are pretty underrated. Exactly. They could be seem to come out with big starring roles and end up as background characters, or it could be that they were always a background character, but they seemed so interesting at one point or another. Yeah, and you, some of you for the really, really long time fans, which I'm not entirely sure how many of those are left, but if you recall, we did a video sort of similar to this. It's basically we talked about anime characters who maybe they could have gotten their own arc or side series or movie or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, besides the whole internet connections that just completely ruined it and just the fact that we still didn't really know what we were doing, the video is not that... It's, it's kind of hard to go back and watch sometimes, just for a whole variety of reasons. But that's why we're doing this, I don't even want to say a sequel, but basically a remake of the, of the last video, because, of that last video, because Lord knows, like, I'd like to think we have some good quality on this channel. Yeah, we used to be very low quality. I, yeah, I, I had to watch it to pour in for this video, so... Yeah, but basically we wanted to talk about anime characters who... Maybe they... Like, what they could have gotten more, like, if they were... If there was a movie on this franchise, they could be the focus. Or if it was, a like, another arc or science, anything like that. And the reason we say underappreciated is because that's the route I went for last time, while Richard basically just picked popular characters that he liked. But at the same time, there was no... There was no set deadline of what we were supposed to talk about, so it almost doesn't even matter. But hopefully this time, it goes somewhat better. But I'm not... I'm not... I'm not... No, I'm not betting money on that. We'll do our best. That's right. And if we're going to put our best foot forward, it's certainly not me. So, do you want to start us off? Sure, I'll go first. And my first one... You had, a, I think, a few uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! characters. I went with Tristan Taylor. Okay. Otherwise known as Honda in the original Japanese, but... Oh god, you're one of those people. I only know that because I looked it up while I was trying to uh, make sure. But he has nothing to do. He's a main character, but he has nothing to do besides sometimes argue with Joey, flirt with Joey's sister, and then end up um, turning into a robot monkey. I think that's literally all the high points of his entire time on the series. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty. Well, he does beat up some rare hunters, but that's off screen. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know how I would want it. It's just, it feels like such a waste because at least everybody else had some sort of arc or felt like a main had more to do with the story. I mean, even Taya had like the 
whole friendship thing and bringing and bringing stuff. At least she had more individual episodes that more centered on her than Tristan did. Okay, to be fair, apparently when it was just supposed to be like the let's like not as focused on the card game apparently tristan and taya were supposed to get more to do but sadly when they switched to just card games card games card games that's when it happened i don't know specifically what tristan's role was that's but i don't know all i know is when the anime started he was joey's best friend and they were both delinquents until they bullied yugi and then they became friends with him yeah if we had gotten season zero maybe it would i wouldn't feel this way it's just Maybe even give him just a few more episodes that had something focused on him and telling why he's hanging out with Yugi and all this besides being best friends with Joey. Or like, what's his aspirations? Because I remember Dark Side of Dimensions, since we learned like a little bit about Duke, Taya, I don't remember Tristan getting any lines of, oh, what are you going to do? Maybe I'm wrong because that movie is just so boring for me, but still, which apparently is not a controversial opinion now that I hear it now that I've been looking it up, but still. I mean, if you think about it, Duke, who's in maybe half as many episodes as Tristan, has more development because you know that he wants to develop his own uh, game, the Dungeon Dice Monsters, throughout, uh, and he wants to make it a great game and all that. Yeah, Tristan just hangs out. It's like, just he just needs something. He needed yeah. something. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tristan, not the Yu-Gi-Oh character who's on my list, and I'm and no. Before anybody guesses, no, it's not Bastion. I already did rant about that, but he was on the last list. But yeah, Tristan, he could he could have gotten a little bit more. I don't know specifically what, but just like anything at this point, besides flirting with Joey's sister, because that got kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, I would have been fine. Like he had, we know he has some cards because he used the. Um... That's how Joey got the ogre uh, battle guard or swamp battle guard or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So even if it was just like him, like an episode of Joey trying to teach Tristan to duel or something, that would have been maybe a good comedic episode. Yeah, I agree. Maybe if we ever do that, what our dream episode listing would be, you can go into more detail or maybe you can just forget about it and pick something else. Yeah, who knows? We'll eventually get to that. All right, so you start with... Well, first of all, I co-sign, but if you're going to talk about your Yu-Gi-Oh character, I'm going to talk about mine. All right. My Valentine. Okay. Okay, so I she's low on the list because she does kind of get some closure in the sense of, oh, well, she accepts that the group's her friend, and despite starting off kind of cold to them, and I particularly love her dynamic with Joey's sister and just how protective they are of each other. But this is kind of a cheating one because it all kind of somewhat gets undone with the filler. And I know what you're thinking. Well, it's filler. And I'm like, I understand that. But she doesn't really do anything in season five when the plot starts picking up. Like, they don't even acknowledge her, I'm pretty sure. It would be kind of nice to... There's this filler episode of Black Clover where Vanessa goes back to the witch... Where she lives with the witches and she helps out these two young up-and-comers with their skills and everything... Maya could have a similar thing to that, where she maybe she comes across like a couple of selfish people, and she could give the lines about how you need to stand with your friends and your friends have your back, but she's also kind of scary and intimidating, so it wouldn't feel nearly as cheesy as when Taya did it. Not to mention the Harpies have gotten like a lot better support down the line. Not a whole lot, but a lot more than what she was getting in the first place. And the ending of her character just never really sat with me all that well. So I think some my just helping people or 
firmly standing even more so on her two feet would be really cool to see. Yeah, I completely co-sign. She was such a big part of like the first three seasons because I mean, she was like the she was in the finals in both tournaments. She had a I guess a major role in the uh Orikalkos arc, but that's just better left unsaid and they just they don't never at least in the English dub they never gave like adequate reasons I felt for her to change the way they did. It's I, I want to say it was the loneliness she experienced thanks to Merrick, but it but that was kind of I don't remember if that was the English version or the Japanese version. Like that could be a thing. Like Merrick has lingering effects on her, but they don't play it up all that well, especially considering she doesn't really overcome it. She's just like, oh, okay, Joey's gone now in this arc, so now I have to step up. Up and then she loses to Raphael. Heck, she could win some tournaments here and there. It would make her look good, but more importantly, we'd actually see her win some duels on screen because she almost never did. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It, we get the like first person of- she beats on screen in is it's basically a filler episode where she right before the Battle City final, she beats that guy who wants to marry her. That's right. That one filler episode where he comes in on like a kite or something, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not a great episode, but it does have its moments. Maybe I'll talk. Maybe I'll talk about it another time. But overall, my and it, she doesn't even have to interact with the main cast that much, even though it would be cool. But just something that makes her know, okay, she's okay, she's cool. Yeah, because she's supposed to be a really good duelist because she got the invite to Duelist Kingdom, but we never see her. We in that tournament, we never see her win. She would. She's already beat everybody, and she loses to Joey, the Starship Hunter, and then Yugi. Oh, and Taya. Oh, mm, mm. You, you, I, I, if you had not brought that up, I wouldn't have said anything. I mean, just the fact that she lost four times in one tournament and still made it to the finals is saying a lot. <sighs> yep. All right, but yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign it. She could have used some development just to make her look better. Yeah, like, I don't need to see Yugi in any more movies. We Let's get some side characters some stuff, which is the point of this list. But that's it. That's all I have for my. All right. As I said, I co-sign. Um, so my next one is Shiro Fujimoto from Blue Exorcist. This is the... From my re- recollection, he's the father of the order that uh, adopts the two main characters at the very start, and then uh, they end up. I mean, within like three episodes, he's been possessed by Satan. Takes manages to slightly take control of his body again, just to save his adopted sons and kill himself. I he's, see. It's a really nice arc that he has there because. It is revealed that he cares uh, through little actions he has in these first few episodes, but he's supposed to be like one of the strongest exorcists uh, from his era. So I think a really cool thing, and again, I don't know what the manga does after uh, the Kyoto arc, because that's all we've gotten in the anime. So maybe there is some backstory that's given eventually, but something I think it would be really cool to see his story of him being one of the best exorcists and eventually adopting these two sons of Satan and 
uh, bringing them to the safety and uh, kind of going into a more quiet life of protecting these two from uh, having their powers awakened and revealing that they're sons of Satan. So it's not necessarily whether he should have stayed alive or not, but it's more of just a what happened all beforehand? Yeah, because he's already kind of on the older side. His arc kind of makes sense because it's the awakening of uh, the main character's powers. Um, they're under attack by demons, by Satan himself, in fact, and Satan possesses him. So it's literally a battle between the biological father, Satan, and uh, Shiro, as, who adopted these two kids and has raised them the best he can over the last few, uh, well, I guess about 13, 14 years at this point. Yeah, okay. So it's, and the fact that he fights and gains control, stopping Satan from using his body to pretty much take his sons to uh, the demonic realm. It's not, I, I forgot what the name of it is. It's not anything really normal, I think. But he um, fights, gets control, and kills himself to prevent that from happening. So it, it, the ending's nice. It's just there's so much that it feels like could have happened, or like his story could be an interesting thing to tell. Yeah. Maybe the manga's addressed it, but I would, but I feel like I would know less than you would. As I said, I've only seen what's happened in the anime, so I don't know. Again, this is one I really enjoyed, but I wish that they had actually told the full story rather than do an anime-only ending, and then have released only one arc since then? Yep, but if the but maybe there's hope. I feel like I've heard there's hope, but who knows at this point. You never know with the animes anymore. Uh, but yeah, I can co-sign. Yeah. Alright, your next one? Oh, God. Okay, I'm gonna need your help with this. I'm gonna need your help with this one because I don't want to rant for this. But okay. these characters were kind of done dirty, with the exception of like two of them, who were the main character, who were main characters, the Anbu Black Ops. Okay, these got when I you first see these guys, and they're they're mysterious, they're kind of intimidating, but there's something kind of cool about them. There's something that's like, wow, these are like so the pseudo police force of the Naruto world. That's kind of cool. Only for them to repeatedly look like idiots and total weaklings compared to all the others. Look, I understand. Madara's a badass. The Akatsuki are terrifying. I understand all of that. But there are no Akatsuki... Not Akatsuki. There are no Anbu Black Ops members that can do anything right now. I'm not... And I can understand in some cases if we learn too much about them, then their role of having secret identities kind of gets thrown out the window. But at the same time, it's just bizarre how these guys got done basically nothing imagine a side story of somebody joining the akatsuki and making bonds with the um even with all the strictness of you can't get too emotional as an ambu black op. and just imagine like a story like that you can have some of them die some of them learn and gain new powers it would it could be really cool in my eyes but they, they just for some reason or another just decide no that's okay yeah they, they were done really poorly in my opinion because I mean, they were constantly losing to main character Genin uh, people. Some of them were, albeit considered um, like the best of the best of their of their generation. Like Itachi, I think there was an episode where it's Itachi as a Genin who's already at pretty much a Jonin level. Yeah, 
and he's but they lose to him i think they lose to naruto at one point and this was stuff so it's remember the remember right after the the tuning exams thing they have that war arc and the sound four like oh let's put this barrier up so the ambu black ops can't do anything and the they they literally just stand there for like eight or nine episodes doing nothing Mm-hmm. It's kind. It's so bad, but it's kind of hilarious when you realize, wow, these guys are absolutely useless. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. Because these really are supposed to be the most elite ninja, and I mean, other than Kakashi, Itachi, Yamato, and Itachi, or the one purple-haired girl that we see. You go. Was, I was literally just looking her name up. Yeah. The, um, they she lost like, her fiance, and we, we barely notice her. Yeah, and, yeah, it, it's just, yeah. They're never done well if they're not one of those four. Everybody else seems to, I guess, sigh as well. But size kind of, <sighs> kind of, oh, dude. Matt, look, we look. I, I we're probably not going to do videos like th- that anymore. But remember, we talked about like dream Naruto game scenarios. Imagine if your creative character was part of the Anbu and you were supposed to get intel and other stuff like that. That would be... You can't tell me if that game got announced tomorrow, you wouldn't be mildly curious. Like, huh, okay, that that's actually kind of interesting. It's not just the same story. It's these characters and this force that you could do. Heck, there was a video game where, they, where some of them got acknowledged. Like, one of them had this power where she would throw, like, two needles at you, and then, like, a hundred or something of them would come out. And another one had these tattoos that he could make go onto his sword and it would extend his sword like that. It's it's a really fun game, but like just the Anbu got shattered. They got nothing. Yeah, as I said, they are supposed to be the elites and they're never portrayed as that. Especially like then there's the elite of the elite with the um Donzo's secret force or whatever it's called. Um, the foundation. Yeah, and it's like And they, they don't do that much either, from what I remember. No, they get beat up a lot faster than even the normal ones, and they're supposed to be better than the rest. Oh, goody. That's what I want to see. But And I know that apparently Boruto has scaled back on the Anbu because it's like, well, there's not a whole lot to do right now. No, but I guess that's kind of my problem. If anything, now that things are supposedly picking up in Boruto, maybe make the Anbu a more more recognizable force, like a movie or an OVA, some, a video game, something, fanfic, some, anything. But Anbu Black Ops... Yeah. Yeah, I completely get aside. What's your next one? Uh, let's see. Uh, next one is uh, Sinjiro Rengoku from Demon Slayer. So there's two characters that, well, three characters that go by the name Ren, last name Rengoku. This is the father. Um, the main character uh, of the main Rengoku, the son dies in the series it's not a big deal really on that it's been the movie's been out for a long time sure okay all we've gotten from the father is in one anime only special it's revealed that he saved a now old woman when she was young he used to be one of the hashiro one of the strongest members of the demon slaying corps But at this point, it's because he's lost his wife um, to an illness. He's become a a drunk pretty much and doesn't do anything. And eventually he does overcome it a little bit and starts trying to help. But 
I just looking up, it doesn't look like much is revealed about his past. It always feels like there's something missing based on my understanding. He's like, there's some dark history that has never been revealed about him. So I'd be really interested to see him be like some of his story, like what he did as a uh, one of the top demon slayers. And then, uh, maybe even leading into why he's more why if there's more to it than just when he lost his wife. I don't know a lot about Demon Slayer, so I guess I have to co-sign. Hey, is these are good guys, correct? Are they? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, he's he's a former member of the Demon Slayer core. He's played off as kind of um he's a former hero who's become disillusioned with with life and it's been has turned to drinking. And so I, I just would be interested to see him in his prime and see everything and maybe him raising his sons because his son, I forget his first name, but the one that most people call Rengoku is, was a big part of the Mugen train arc. All right. And I can co-sign onto that. All right. Your next one. All right, I feel kind of bad with this one because it, it it it's a Pokemon character, or but she hasn't really appeared that much until Journeys, and we're not technically at her episode yet. But I think I think I think I can find a way to not spoil the audience too much on this one. Okay, Licia. Okay. Do you know Licia just by name? Do you remember her? She's the uh, woman in that helps you in contests right yeah well she's apparently she's about your age but it but regardless yes yes the thing i find really weird about her is in the games she's kind of just like oh hey hey anybody can be a contest star all this other sorts of stuff she has this rival who doesn't really they don't really seem to do a whole lot with but apparently she shows up in a journeys episode that people won't shut up about and i'm sure we'll get to it someday regardless it's my philosophy is, from what I can tell, she's not really all that... She doesn't do a whole lot. And let, let me put it to you this way. The focus is not on her that much as a character. She helps She helps part of the main cast, but she doesn't really do anything. I would kind of like to see like what her story is like. How did she become a contest star? She's so happy and good at it. Was there a moment where she wasn't that good about it? It, let's see how Wallace inspired her to become a contest star because because their niece and uncle, that's the term, yeah. And the crazy thing is, you don't learn this except by playing Masters, and maybe this would be in the anime, maybe it wouldn't. Apparently her mom is really sick, and that's kind of what she uses to distract her from it. Is there a way we can go more into it with that? What, what's, what's the deal? What is Something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting story arc. It wasn't who I thought you were going to say, um, but it does seem interesting. Like they could have a good way of reintroducing contests to the mainstream audience because it's been a, I mean, they've had them in uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, but I don't know. I kind of skipped it over and went straight yeah. on to playing the rest of the game. Yeah, and not not to mention, apparently, like she seems part part of the reason I say this is because one, I actually thought of doing by myself. Oh, what would Licia be like in the Pokemon anime before they just completely ruined my dreams of doing that video with that? Thanks a lot, Shopro. 
And two, I, I, I just, I feel like, look, I, part of me has given up on, like, different types of media for Pokemon characters, but if she's already in it, why don't you tell a story with her rather than just one time popping in and be like, well, my work here's done. See ya. Yeah, it's... Again, we've we've talked about it a little too much, I think, already on this channel, and we'll probably be talking about it again soon. But yeah, Journeys is not our favorite, I don't think. No, it's it's not it's not heck heck if heck part of me is kind of curious. Like we we know our we know our best friend and sponsor of this channel, Wally. He's super sick. Is it the same sickness? Are they friend? Whatever. Just just if Pokemon Masters can do it, why can't Journeys do it? Or any other Pokemon series. Yeah, it's so weird because we get we constantly get new many things. It seems like every few every year we get a new YouTube only anime. Like we got the what was it Black Wings series like two years Twilight ago. Twilight Wings. Twilight Wings. That's it. And then we got the Pokemon Evolutions series where it was the little episodes of every seat of from every game pretty much it's like so what's going to be next we got yeah. we're probably gonna get something later on this year or next year yeah to be fair i didn't feel like it was sheen that much because she's tech she's been in the anime so that's so i feel like i give myself a pass with that yeah but yeah i can co-sign it sounds like could have been interesting and hopefully maybe we'll get more but who knows at this point who knows all right, my next one. Go for it. Is uh, Takumi Aldini from Food Wars. He's introduced very early on to kind of be the rival to Soma. And uh, unfortunately, very shortly after he's introduced, they have an episode where he loses to a chef that copies your style and improves it slightly. Just so he's always, like, he cooks the exact same thing you're going to cook, but does it slightly better by adding certain things. I, I, it's a really weird thing, and he never really recovers from it. He, do, he always seems to be in the story part of, uh, like, the battles and all that, but he's never shown as being, like, one, two, or three. Like, he never he's never in the top three and these arcs oh god he's one of those rivals that's i feel bad for this guy now yeah i mean in like the autumn selection i think he come is what he loses so he loses like three like round three out of five so then in round four soma beats the guy that he couldn't beat then they're all in the then there's the finals and it just it's such a struggle he's all he always tries to be a rival for Soma and it every time it's supposed to be like where he's doing well and he's competing with Soma, it's always off screen. Like So it's like they took Bash and Misawa and my Valentine and fused them into one. Yeah, that's pr a pretty good example. He like part of the in that tournament I mentioned where he loses in like the middle round, he he offers up his uh, special knife called a mezzaluna which is like a two-handed knife that you would chop like this with okay and uh soma wins it back and then it said like in the final season that they just they keep battling each other and winning and they 
they always compete for the knife. And they the knife switched hands multiple times between Soma and uh, Takumi. It's like, but it's never shown. So it's always one of those things that you have to, it, it's just disappointing. You, you want to see more of him. He's considered like the seventh best student at the end of the anime, but he was brought in and he's, it seems like he should have been like up there competing for the, one of the top spots. And he's always behind them. It seems. That sounds incredibly frustrating. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And he, it, he is changed to more of a comedic character at some points, but that kind of makes it worse. Yeah. But at other times, like in, when they're trying to save their friends from being expelled uh, unjustly, he's part of the team that's, it, that survives the initial uh, like it's called the rebel sacrifice or something along those lines. And he survives to make it to the tournament to save them. And he wins, I think one or two, but then he loses. So he's not even a part of like the final three or four battles. So it's, he's always just, he's always there, but never number one like you want him to be. Yeah, based on, like, you're frustrating me just based on this answer. Not even because of anything you're, you're telling me, but because I'm taking your word for it, and this doesn't sound fun. Yeah, I mean, if you watch it, you'll know, because he comes in and he's literally built as a rival because he's supposed to have be as experienced as Soma when it comes to restaurant, which Soma says, well, I'm the only one here who's worked in a restaurant before, and he takes it as an insult and then they compete in the first step, like the first time they can compete against each other. And then this happens. It's like, really? Are they at least friends or? They are. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a friendly rivalry. It's just, he he's dropped for two other characters and one's more edgy and one's more stereotypical, cool, like more of a silent guy. And the other one is very, dark edgy style and they're they're played up as the number two and number three guys yeah i i guess i can i can co-sign on to that it sounds frustrating yeah i think he should have been number four at least so that way it's he's shown as he's good he's really good (laughs) yeah i can let you live based on that answer so all right your next one Okay, I don't know how much you know about Sonic in general, but these guys appeared in the anime, and they're pretty much everybody's favorites. Team Chaotix. I know a little bit. It's the Crocodile B, and then there's someone else. I always forget the other one. Chameleon. Chameleon, okay. Yeah, Vector, Charmy, and Espio, in in that order. Okay, so I'm not going to say these guys were necessarily done dirty in Sonic X, but they kind of, I'm going to be honest, they were kind of the best part of the whole show. Oh, and especially considering they showed up kind of late into the series. They did a lot, like helping with the aliens, some comic relief, and some really bizarre fourth wall jokes. Folks, but they were, they are just a solid detective agency. Imagine, like, a series of OVAs or a movie or something about them. We don't... I'm, if I recall correctly, I don't recall specifically if we ever learned how they met or how they all became friends. And it would have been kind of cool to see, especially considering apparently there are other members, there are, like, 20 other members at one point, but that might have just been in the comics or something. But they're, hal- they're hilarious, they're... 
some of the most likable characters in the whole franchise. It just would have been kind of cool if they just gotten like a tad bit more with what they were. Because they weren't given nothing, but they weren't given what they should have been. Yeah, my only really experience with them is I played Sonic Heroes on a friend's console, and we actually usually skipped over their story. We played we played the Sonic one, which was uh, Team Hero or Team Sonic, whatever it was no, called. Team, team Sonic. Then we did Team Shadow or Team Villains, and then there was um, another one that was like a the other heroes with Biggs the Cat and you Amy Rose. Team Rose over Team Chaotix. I'm wondering no, more and more why we didn't. You're... We didn't. We we mainly played because we had played Sonic Adventure two. We played the Sonic character arcs and the uh, Shadow ones, and that was pretty much all we played. But I never actually finished it because they beat it while I was on vacation once, and we just never came back to the game. Yeah, but I I think you would I think you would like them. It, they kind of have Team Rocket levels of energy, except actually though they might be worse at their jobs than Team Rocket. But they still have moments of being like super clever and like it. There, it's proven that their comedic hijinks have kind of resulted in the downfall of some pretty important villains, like. The villains aren't prepared for this level of stupidity or every now and then cleverness. Plus, the fourth wall jokes get weird, like when they're looking for Sonic, and then the next scene, it's like, huh, it only took one scene transition to find Sonic. Hey, is the episode in that much of a rush? Wow, yeah, no, it's... They sound funny, and thinking back on it, I've also heard that they've got a really good story arc in Sonic Heroes. Yeah, it's, it's just it's solid. And... But as I said, we only played because we played the characters we knew. That was why we played the ones we did. So Yeah, they also have an amazing theme song in, in Sonic Heroes. But overall, Team Chaotix, I feel like we don't talk about Sonic and the Hedgehog that much on this channel. But I feel like the few fans will be like, oh, yeah, that's that's cool. Well, and we don't want anything weird from them because the Sonic the Hedgehog fan base kind of scares me sometimes. Yes, yes, it does. Anyways, honorable mentions time. Yep, honorable mentions time. So my... Good. I was going to say, I have three honorable mentions. Same. Okay, go for it. So my first one is... Uh, actually, it's a couple that um, gets a little bit of screen time, but not a lot. And that's Alzac and Biska Connell from Fairy Tale. Okay. This is... At the start of the anime, uh, they're a team they're not dating or anything uh, but they have similar powers they use um magic guns to fire uh different styles of magic bullets out of um Alzac uses like his bullets change what's happening some of them are fire some are ice some are, they just have different effects uh Biska changes to, from like her she uses different styles of guns so she uses like uh ranged weapon like or much longer range and then faster firing, but hers fire more basic like magic bullet style stuff. But they're one of those that stayed loyal throughout the entire series. They're in episode, they're constantly in backgrounds episodes. They have little things to do where like uh, Miska fires from long distance to try to save everybody uh, in a couple different story arcs. Um, after the time skip, which is seven years uh they've got they started dating gotten married and had a kid 
So I think something in that time skip, which is supposed to be a big, like the decline of fairy tale because all their strongest members are gone. I think it's a story of them dealing with the, with the sudden loss of their friends, deciding to date something, just a nice story of them getting together during the, uh, and dealing with the loss of friends and stuff would have been a nice story. Yeah, I, I guess I have to co-sign because I still haven't watched. I still haven't watched Fairy Tale yet. Hopefully, by the end of the year, I'm noticing you seem to bring up the romances in Fairy Tale a lot more than than I would expect. Yeah, they, I mean, there's kind of obvious ones in there, and they're kind of pushed, especially at the end. But this one is at the halfway point of the series, which is the time skip. This one is heavily. Is, is already built pretty much there. And it's hinted at beforehand that they like each other. They just, they're awkward and don't know how to actually say it to each other. Yeah, yeah classic anime in a nutshell. But it's nice because they do get together. And then I think in like the first few episodes, it's uh, of the main cast coming back. It's played off that the, um, they're upset that they missed the wedding and all that because over the time skip... <laughs> But they're considered like they—they're probably like B tier of the teams. They're never—they're never the strongest members of the team. But when everybody disappears for some years, they're probably among the strongest members of the guild at that point. Huh, yeah, and I guess I can co-sign. All right, your next one. Are you okay? Okay, my first honorable mention: the Levi Squad from Attack on Titan. Okay. I feel like these guys were just so, for the most part, they were pretty simplistic. They worked under Leva. I, they were doing their best to kind of help Aaron through his, like, basically his transformation and, like, taking them under his, taking him under their wings. And they just died almost immediately thanks to the female Titan. It kind of sucked. Like, I'm not saying they had to last the whole series, and I understand Attack on Titan kills a lot of characters, but I hated this. This wasn't a I feel sad, it's like I feel betrayed by the writing of this. I would have liked to have seen more of how these guys all became friends and or squad mates, and just how they interact, because in the video games, they do an excellent job of showing just how loyal they are to Levi, and their interactions are really nice to see. Eat. Hell, Petra and Oro bicker like an old married couple, but you can tell they care about each other 100%. And it's just, it would have been nice to have seen more of how they came together and how they became so badass. So that way, when they did die, it would have meant a little more because we saw them and we like started to grow to love them, but it happened so fast. It felt like a, it was like a what the hell moment. Yeah, they're, because there's, supposed to be portrayed as if they're part of Levi's squad they're the best of the best there's no one better in the entire um, survey corps besides this squad and they all die and I mean what it's like five episodes between the time that they leave the wall to the time that they're attacked in the forest and if if even that (laughs) I don't know yeah it's disappointing because as I said they are really portrayed as especially because of Levi being Levi, there. It's like he should. They should be really strong. Yeah, especially good. And it's part of it. Say me says it's an honorable mention because their deaths do have an effect on Levi. But at the same time, you could have waited longer with this. 
Plus, in Attack on Titan Junior High, they're freaking hilarious. They basically just play video games in the classroom all day. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Maybe you you could have killed one or probably just one in that first arc, and then when they go to the uh, in the next season, maybe kill another one, and you could watch the effect of them dying over yeah, a longer time. That's right, because they all die within like a minute of each other. It, it's it was a mess. That's but I know yeah. it's supposed to show it's supposed to show how strong the female Titan is, but it, it's not great. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know, but what's your what's your what's your next one so this one's an honorable mention because um, as long as this show continues it, they're going to get an arc pretty much that tells a bit more of their backstories and gives us more to do with them and that's the other three cardinal heroes itsuki moriyasu and ren from rising of the shield hero they're the only one that's gotten any really further development is moriyasu and that's because he's an idiot and is constantly being fooled into doing uh the uh like bad stuff for random people and fighting the shield hero the other two they're shown as being kind of antagonistic but it's never shown really they're they're just kind of indifferent and this is a group of people? Like, this is a singular group, or is it this just a they're, bunch of different characters? They're the, um, so there's four what are considered the cardinal heroes in the series. There's the shield hero, uh, Naofumi, who's the main character, obviously. And then there's the uh, spear hero, which is Moriyasu, the sword hero, which is Ren, and the bow hero, which is Itsuki. So they each have, they're all individually one of the heroes. Okay these three you don't really know what happened to them in the anime yet i know what happens a little bit more in the uh, manga or the uh, web comics depending on which version you're reading um and i do know that they'll eventually as long as the anime continues we will get more development for them especially i think probably next season if it when it eventually airs but we just besides being antagonistic towards nafumi that's all they really are as of right now. You don't know their backstory. You don't, and you only know their failings. One slayed a dragon, but didn't clean up the corpse, which poisoned a village when the corpse rotted. One brought out a seed that um, literally kills people and infects them with uh, its own seeds to spread the its seeds around. The other, and then the last one kicked a member of his party out because she embarrassed him by going to help the shield hero and uh she's like she's now part of the shield heroes party right now but is she the one who everybody loves and you can't say anything bad about i don't well i don't know i i haven't followed much of the fan base of this show but it's not raftalia raftalia has always been with the shield heroes and that's most people's favorite from my understanding and I guess I can co-sign on to that. All right. So your last one? Oh, no, I have two more honorable or, mentions. Yeah, sorry. Same. I was thinking I was had done one. All right. Uh, from Tiger Mask W, Tetsuya Naito. Okay. Okay, so I understand. This anime is supposed to be about Tiger Mask. I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. But as a wrestling fan, especially of New Japan... 
it kind of they kind of shot themselves in the foot with this one because in the anime naito doesn't really do that much he kind of pops his head in says some funny lines hangs out with his teammate evil he doesn't really do a whole lot but in real life his story is very interesting he becomes a wrestler basically relatively young he has a tag team partner who ultimately betrays him and kicks him out of the group they're in and and he starts becoming a good guy in the wrestling business but everybody turns on him you would think now let's think about this in an anime when somebody gets betrayed you're supposed to feel sympathy for them especially if they haven't really done anything wrong to to deserve it but everybody turned on this guy so he decided to go to mexico and he became a bad guy and part of this group called los ingobernables he comes back to Japan with his new attitude, and that's kind of where the story of what's it called of Tiger Mask picks up. He's already a bad guy. He's already has a cocky swagger about him. But when that happens, the crowd turns in his favor. Everybody grows to love this guy. Imagine seeing the story of his betrayal and how his upcoming, and then everything past Tiger Mask, where he's successful, he has his own group. It would just be a really cool thing to see. Just the story of basically somebody starting with nothing and then ending up becoming one of the most beloved figures. It's very similar to, a lot of people ask me, well, Naito's kind of similar to Goku in some senses because he's the main hero. I'm like, no, Naito's similar to Vegeta because no matter how much he gets, we still don't feel like it's enough. So I just think a story or an OBA, anything portraying that could be really cool. Maybe some others, but Naito in particular just has a really good story. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as big a fan of wrestling as you, but based on the stories I've heard about New Japan wrestling, there are a lot of stories that they could tell, not just Tiger Mask, but if they said, hey, we're going to do a story based on this wrestler and all that, I think it could be really interesting because they have a ton of really expansive stories that I from my understanding, are like decades old sometimes. Yeah, most of them right now aren't great, but I, we don't have to talk about those. We can just talk about the ones we'd like to be seen. And Naito's story is one I'd like to be seen. I mean, it tech, it's an honorable mention because it does kind of feel like cheating, but he was in the anime, so it, it's kind of not cheating. Yeah, as I said, from my understanding, these some of these stories can be really expansive and they'll come back and like, every few years with new parts of that same story. It's just that they were, this was going on in the background. I've recovered from my injury and I'm back. Ah, yeah, basically. All right. So my last honorable mention, this one will most likely get some ending probably in the next three or four years, maybe. Depends on how long the manga still goes on. And that's, Dracul Mihawk from One Piece. He's only shown up a handful of times and is never, and while he's always called the strongest swordsman, besides the fact that he's fought uh, Zoro a few times, it's, he's never shown that much. Heck, even I've seen them fight Zoro and I feel like, I thought to myself, oh man, this guy's gonna keep showing up, right? Right? Oh. Yeah, he's shown up once, not to fight anyone, but to meet with Red Hair Shanks and say, hey, look, Luffy's on his way. Then we have 
the Paramount War arc where he shows up at Marine Ford and does nothing. And then he show and then he's at his castle where when Zoro shows up and he has monkeys train Zoro. He might have shown up again in the anime. I don't think he has though. And it'd be interesting maybe to get a bit more of his backstory with Shanks. And eventually I I want to see him and Zoro actually fight for the title of world's greatest swordsman. In the end, you know Zoro's pretty much gonna have to win at this at event at some point to become the world's strongest swordsman. I feel like with the other anime, we don't necessarily follow that logic, but okay. This is One Piece. It's probably going to happen. Y- yeah, because, like, just, I don't know as much about him. Are he and Shanks friends? Rivals? What's up with them? Apparently, when, before Mihawk was a warlord of the sea where he works for the government, he and Shanks were kind of rivals. Okay. That, but they were a bit more friendly kind of style. Like, they, they would fight each other on occasion, but never like all out we're gonna kill each other kind of thing that's at least the mindset that's been revealed because they hate because they hang out now okay so it's one of those i'm interested to see where it's going it's they're eventually going to have to bring him back for for either the conclusion or just tell more of the story because there's still episodes left to go and it has to end eventually i would just both of you to assume that but okay i mean it's that's literally zoro's goal is to beat him in a fight i'd hate for mihawk to lose to someone else and then zoro has to go beat some random person oh god that would be awful that would be so terrible although i could see him losing to someone zoro shows up beats mihawk in a fight and then goes and fights whoever beat mihawk first to become the world's strongest swordsman that way but I mean, the the alternative for me was someone else beats Mihawk, then Zoro beats them, but he's like, no, I'm not accepting this until I beat Mihawk, which would basically make the other person be like, oh, great, thanks. But that would, that would, it would just be better for him to be, for Zoro and Mihawk to fight at this point. It would just make, it would make so much more sense. Yeah, and he was always such an interesting character because he shows up on a raft pretty much and he beats Zoro with a knife. But, yeah. I especially love the first interactions between them because even though Mihawk kind of um well uh, there there's there's no real other way to say it, he kind of embarrasses Zoro. Oh, but that's kind of Zoro's moment of I'm going to keep fighting, not just for me, but for my friends. So well my captain beca- can become king of the pirates, and Luffy overhears that. It's one of the earliest scenes I remember, and it's from the four kids dub, so um the fact that I still remember it in spite of that is pretty powerful. But it, it's pretty much the same in there. He's, I mean, it, it leads to one of Zoro's best moments where he literally says, um, a scar on the back is a swordsman's shame. Meaning he did not, he's, even though he's already knows he's lost this fight, he's not going to retreat. So he turns and faces Mihawk, who pretty much cuts, tries to cut him in half. And it like he spends like the next, I don't know, six or seven episodes trying to actually recover from it. So it's just, it'll be interesting. And I'm waiting for that fight to actually pick up again. Yeah, I can definitely co-sign onto that. Based on the little I've seen and basically the little everybody else has seen as well. I liked him. I thought he was cool. Yeah. All right. So your last honorable mention? 
Alright, I feel bad because I didn't want to put two characters from the same franchise as my last honorable mention and my last character. But I, I, I feel like it works either way. From Persona 5, Shiho Suzui. Okay. Alright, you don't... Based on the little you've played of Persona 5, you've see, you have seen like 90% of Shiho's character. When the transfer, when you transfer, or Ren, Joker, whatever his name is, transfers to Shujin, Shiho is kind of a quiet character. She's very mild, she's best friends with An, and she kind of knows of Ryuji a little bit. It, but she's also, out of everybody in the school, she's the one person telling you, hey, like, don't let the rumors get you down, okay? Hey, you seem like a nice person to me. Ultimately, she basically gets abused abused by Kamoshida, aka the worst teacher on the planet, and, and she basically jumps off the roof and tries to kill herself. It's a terrifying scene, and apparently in the manga it's even worse. But ultimately, if you go, when we, the character interacts with An, we learn that Shiho's okay, she's transferring to a new school, gone through rehab, etc, etc. But you'd think with something this major, as in somebody attempting suicide and everything she went through, you'd think she'd be a major part of the story. Nope. She's not a side character who you can build up character development with. She's not a phantom thief. She basically disappears from the story entirely. Now, she's an honorable mention because people, I kind of turn in some sense of people like, oh, well, she's, her character is kind of to provide something for On. That's right. Basically, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool and everything, but she was, we basically saw her at her lowest point, seeing her basically progress and seeing, okay, what is my life going to be like at this new school? Well, how are things, how am I managing? How did she and on me? Because apparently how she met was, despite how nice she was, apparently they were painting something in class. She looked at On's painting and she's like, wow, your painting's really ugly. It would like it's just moments like cheeky moments like that that we never really got to see because she had such a miserable life beforehand. It does it's not a necessity, but to me it would be nice to see that one of the nicest characters in this anime and in this game, it would just be nice to see, hey, she's okay. She's moving on with her life. Yeah, I mean it would be interesting if she'd been Maybe like part of her recovery was she eventually became a phantom thief, or even something if she, like that. or if she had like a minor secondary dungeon or something added where she, her where you have to save her from a shadow that was created by all this darkness that was around her. You, I'm so proud. You're learning so much more. Uh, yeah, because it. God, that's actually because all I've played through is the start of the um, painting guys storyline yeah yusuke and so if you if you said i've pretty much seen all or 90 percent of her story Just about arc, everything yeah it seems like there should have been something where she was involved just a little bit more because she's supposed to be like the first major victim you run into of anything yeah basically it's like there let me put to you this way but besides you and you don't really have anything to do that much with kamashita as our thing and it's Ryuji, An, Shiho, and Mishima. The the first the the other three characters get character development and get an arc where you experience them. Shiho doesn't really get that. And like we all know Kamashita, a lecherous pervert who's like terrible. And a lot of people told me, well, I wouldn't want Shiho to be a confidant. 
primarily because I wouldn't feel right about about the character romancing her or stuff like that. I'm like, well, that's well, that's okay because you don't have to. I don't understand this argument of, oh, you helped this character overcome trauma, become a better person, have a happier life, so you have to romance. I I never understand that with Persona fans. I love the Persona fan base, but it's one of the most toxic fan bases on the planet. Good God. It's okay. sometimes you just want to help somebody who is kind to you. And that's why people like Shio. I don't get it. I mean, that would be such a nice thing is like, just have it be that you can become friends with her, help her through her recovery. Like, oh, you show up, at, like you're walking home and you walk by the rehab center she's at or something and see her. And you give her just a little bit of encouragement and brighten her day a little bit, saying exactly. that you miss you miss her for the fact that she was the only one nice to you at that point. Yeah, exactly. Do I need her to gain powers? Not necessarily, but just some confirmation that she's okay. Sometimes that's all you need. And sure, we learn, oh, well, she's happier at this point, but it, it's a little more, especially considering how fast we all grew attached to her. Yeah, I'll completely co-sign on to that one. Okay, before you get into your last one, I remember a little bit earlier you said Lysio was not the Pokemon character you thought I was going to bring up. Just in curiosity, do you remember who you thought I was going to say? Yeah, um... I was forgetting her name. It's the new main girl, because she's not got any development. Chloe? Yes. No, no, I'm going to be honest. I've kind, of give, I've kind of given up hope on... I've kind of given up hope on that, so... No, not really, no. She's okay. like, let me put it this way. If we were to do a, a reverse list of this, characters we don't want more from, which would just be confusing, she might be an honorable mention on that, but no, Chloe, Chloe's not interesting enough for me to care about. Which is a problem because she's supposed to be the main girl of this series. I, I know, I know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, but no, I was just curious. Will, yeah, people will spoil because she is going to get a bit more development, I think, over the coming. I don't know if it's the next part of the part after, but it's little, too little, too late. I have a problem with Chloe, and I'm keeping it in the back of my head. So when you, me, and Jay finally review the next part of Journeys, I can't wait to talk about it because it's 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 pretty big. But overall, let's move on. All right. So my final one is I'm going to butcher this name. I know that already. Uh, Suboy. Uh, Royotaru, also uh, aka Klein from Sword Art Online. Klein? Yeah, he's in the very first episode. He's the he's learning from Kirito, the main character, on how to actually play in the game. They get trapped together in the game, obviously, and that's kind of his big moment. He shows up for he always shows up for the battle in uh, as like a background character. But in the first episode, he's always portrayed as you would expect him to be kind of Kirito's sidekick. He's involved in the story. But he's always, especially in later seasons, he's just pushed aside to make room for kind of the harem that had developed. He's, and no wonder I haven't given Sword Art Online a chance. Maybe that's another video we could do. Yeah, I mean, he shows up for like different little hero moments Um but he's and he's like oh yeah i'm here too and that's it he just and then he's you might see him fighting in the background he never fights any of the major people usually he's fighting the little mobs that spawn in he's he's portrayed 
supposed to be Kirito's best male friend. But again, he's always surrounded by Asuna and like three or four other girls that kind of rotate in and out. And they, they've they added um, Alice is a new character who's an artificial intelligence that's pretty much on human level that they've brought in at one point. Because of course. And given her a android body that looks perfectly human, she's gotten more development in the last two seasons than he has. It's like his literal, his biggest moments are the first like episode or two where he's Kirito's friend. He's in the series more. And then he disappears for episodes on episodes and then shows up for, oh, we're taking on this dungeon boss. I'm with you. Okay, fight in the background for a few minutes. <laughs> it's really disappointing what they do to him. I really hate shows that just decide, oh, let's just add more female characters and just throw them in, throw the best friends into the background. I'm not against female characters, far from it. But it really just kind of, it doesn't, for based on what you're telling me, it doesn't feel like, oh, let's add more female characters. So for character development, motivation, stuff like that, it just seems like, a hey, uh, we need more women to flock over Kirito, so. That's pretty much it, because Asuna gets development uh, throughout the series. But most of the other girls come in and just want to be with Kirito his sister is part of it, but she's not really into him. She's just like, he's my brother. I want to save him. Uh, you know, you, when you said she's not really into him, I got hesitant, but that's just because I've seen some stuff. Yeah. I mean, there are people who always do stuff, but they've, they've never been portrayed together like that. It's always, she wants to save him because he's her brother. That's literally all it is in the uh, anime. It's, never uh, forced that way. But I mean, there's counting the sister, not as part of the harem, but as just a, another female character they added. There are like five or six girls added over three seasons. And that all, that are always with Kirito now. And then you've got him who's, might show up for an episode or two a season now it's just disappointing so is there like anything specific you would want or just in general just more of him fighting it'd be interesting to see like asana just got a movie um that was kind of her like what she was doing in the first part of the series of um before she met kirito and it'd be interesting maybe in the mid game, because you see him a lot more at the beginning, but seeing him building, uh, Klein building his guild and just and becoming, because he is considered, supposed to be considered one of the better players. He's, he's one of the guild masters and stuff. It's like, it'd be interesting to see him fighting, leading people and actually portrayed as more than just grunt who's fighting in the background all the time and maybe even have him interact with kirito a few times so that he develops more of that friendship that you don't see except for a handful of times yeah i i guess i can understand that i feel like sword online is just a series i don't think i ever want to give a chance just based on everything i hear heard some good stuff but mostly just some like what were they thinking moments yeah there's a lot of that unfortunately in it <sighs> oh good lord 
but yeah, I guess I can co-sign on to that. Alright, your last one? Alright, out of all the characters on my list, this character has probably been the best represented out of all the ones on my list, but that still never felt right. From per Another character from Persona 5, Goro Akechi. Okay. <sighs> okay, so... Well, Persona's been out for, like, what, five years now? I don't feel that bad about spoiling it to some people. So, Goro Akechi, the, the second coming of the Ace Detective, or whatever it was called from Persona 4, whatever. However, he basically a detective investigating the Phantom Thieves and all the, basically all the hearts that they're fixing. While everybody else is more or less jumping on the side, oh, the Phantom Thieves are awesome and everything, Akechi's the one person, this, the first person to say, what they're look i'm not for what these villains are doing but the phantom thieves what they're doing isn't really right either because you're basically forcing somebody to change but at the same time he's not really shoving his opinions down people's throat he, he will talk about it and he's okay with the protagonist disagreeing despite the fact that he doesn't know at first that they are the phantom thieves basically one of the things about him is that later down the line we learn more and more about his backstory about how his his mother basically died of a broken heart because his dad walked, basically walked out on him, and he was passed around from basically orphanage to orphanage. You start to feel really bad for the guy, especially when everybody turns on him, starts to turn on him. And you, spoil, once again, spoilers, you end up, he ends up helping you during a mission, but it turns out he's also there to betray you. At the same time, though, there are moments towards the end where it's like, hey, we don't have to do this. We can be on the same team. And admittedly, Royal does help with that. Uh, the Royal kind of shows, okay, he's alive, he's on your team, and then it kind of kills him off towards the end. It's really disappointing because we never really see, was he helping them at the end because he kind of had to, or was he helping in the end because he legitimately changed? Especially since the anime did such a great job of building up the relationship between him and Joker. Like, they were friends. They played, ch they would have chess matches with each other. They would help each other through stories with other people. And we never got full confirmation as to, are you part of the team? Are you our enemy? Are you just a rival? What is it? They, they kept it open-ended, but this is the one of the few times where I'm like, no, give us a definitive answer. Because they, they just never did. Yeah, I, I never played it enough, and I didn't, don't think I paid attention to it uh, when you were playing at this part, so I don't know it well enough, but it sounds like, yeah, like, rival-turned-ally that you just, you never know if he's actually there for you or if it's just he's doing what he has to do to make uh to meet his own end goals yeah but that's the crazy thing because i kind of have to contradict myself because towards the end of of roy of royal it's basically saying oh well you can leave this happy paradise you can stop me the main villain who actually is a really a really well done villain but if you do akechi is probably going to die and Akechi knows this from the start. He's like, no, I'm not going to let people dictate me anymore. If I, I'd rather die as my own person than live as a puppet. And if you go through with that, and I, I feel like they could do a royal anime about that. Uh, apparently, during the last part of the credit scene, when you see somebody wearing his clothes. Like, you'll see a brief glimpse of his clothes. And people think, and that got people thinking, 
Is he alive? Is he not? Is he? Does he just have a fan club of people who like to dress up as him? What is it? We never get confirmation of it, and it kind of ruins the game aim for me, and, and some parts of the anime, too, because the anime kill basically kills him off, too. So, he, there are rumors that he's supposed to be getting his own side game aim of basically finally putting it to rest, but once again, they're rumors. I don't want to promote something unless I know for absolute certainty that's true, or I'm making it incredibly obvious that I'm just lying through my teeth. Uh. Wait, he'll, he's gonna be the protagonist of Persona Six. Yeah, I, I might be. I might be okay with that, but who knows? Uh, but it sounds like an interesting character, and in that he could have a lot of uh, development. Whether he gets his own side game that puts an end to it, and I could even see it that he's still conflicted. He helped at the end, but did he really? But he's trying to decide if he feels okay that he helped or if he need, or if he should have waited and and tried to do it his own way where he doesn't have to change everybody yeah yeah not to, not to mention just what like it, it he's one of those characters that i feel like nobody really hates you either feel bad for him and want to help or you hate him for what he does like but that's but to me that's a good thing you're not saying I want him gone or he's boring. You're saying I'm invested. That's why I feel this way about you. It'd be interesting to see what uh, happens if if it's him on his own and like a like a one-off game. Yeah. Just telling like him either developing into realizing that people can change and that sometimes they just need to push in the right direction, and other times it could be that, uh, or it could eventually lead to him saying well still not right sticking yeah. by his own feelings yeah and the last point i will bring up is that i've talked about yoshizawa before she's not my favorite but the few interactions they had were kind of interesting because he's very like he seems very nice at first but then you turn it turns out he's kind of scummy and she's just super nice in general it would have been nice to see them kind of play off each other like maybe she's the bridge that brings him back and he could kind of show her, look, the world's not all roses. It's, I hate to say buck up, but buck up. I don't know. They, they could have worked as a dynamic. And before anybody says it, I don't necessarily mean romantically. I feel like that's, that's it. It would be hard to convince, especially for Akechi. But who knows? Maybe if they do it right, maybe. But ultimately, Akechi, Akechi, Crow, Black Mask, The Pancake Knight, maybe just a little more. Yep, I'll co-sign on to it. All right, anything else or should we close out? I think we're ready to close out. Okay, so ladies, gentlemen, and others, what anime characters would you have liked just a little bit more from? An incredibly popular character who's been given a lot, a popular character who's given nothing, or just, just anything in between? Let us know in the comments, and if you agree with any of our picks, let us know what stories you would like to be told with these characters in mind. Let us know. Yes, and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We really appreciate all the support you can give us. That is correct. And now I feel like I can't do my smash, stack, and pin thing. But, you, but you've but already said it, so it's cool. So, but hopefully we will be doing more of these, hopefully more commentaries, maybe even some on these characters, especially since the Bastion one did so well. But hopefully we can do that. We will let you guys know, and we will see you next time. This has been Alex. Okay. And you have been listening to the anime egotists. Good night, and peace easy.